Blog Talk Radio. It's a gridiron stud show and a promo that's got the flow. Football knowledge from toe to toe with Amo, Talamino, and the other host. You already know Chad Wilson brings you the show. Dial us up. Give us a call. We're waiting here to talk some ball. 347-633-9365 is the number to call. So don't sit around. No time to stall. Giving you football from wall to wall. And now we give you our two hosts, Amo and Chad, with your breakfast toast. Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. We're all here. It's Friday. We made it. We made it to the end of the week. It's the Gridiron Stud Show. Chad Wilson here with Emil Calamino, and we're here to ride you into the weekend, I think. Is that what we're here to do? Yeah, well, that sounded Kind of, sort of. You all right? You here with me? Yeah, I'm with you. We're here for a lifetime like You concerned me with the way you said that. That concerned me. Yeah, well, get unconcerned, man. All's good. Over here in South Florida, sunny South Florida, I might add. Uh, plenty coming up on the show today. Aaron Hernandez, lifetime tat. What's that mean? Where is he at? What's going on with this guy? Should we stop talking about him? Curry versus Harden last night in the Western Conference Finals. Two greats going at it. We'll talk about that. We'll also talk about the NFL dinking around, if we could use that term, with their uh, extra point. This is what happens when you have uh, excessive meetings. But we'll talk about it and let you know whether we like it. You can tell us, too. And then we've got a list for you. Top five college football franchises since 1980 that have not tasted the championship. We'll talk about that today. And you may want to call in and add to our list. Maybe we forgot somebody. We'll be revealing that here for you very shortly. If you want to reach us on the show today, 347-633-9365, as I so aptly wrapped in the uh, intro to the show. So, Emil, what are we starting off with here? We start off with I my man know. You know what, I, this morning, you, you probably do something similar. You have your own page or whatever you like to check it out. You know, I go to, why I do it, I don't even know. I go to ESPN's college football page just to see what's going on. And you know what? Does any of this stuff even classify as semi-sports journalism? Like an article, why UCLA could win the Pac-12. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. there's 12 teams that could win the Pac-12 before the year starts. <laughs> is that how? Is that how you're going to just come at them right now, right off, right off the yeah, bat? Yeah, looking, right looking the bat, for an ACC, gonna... you're looking for an ACC sleeper. Try NC State. It's not... Man, uh, so you're not believing at all that UCLA can uh, possibly? No, I'm maybe just saying perhaps... like the articles are kind of funny. Like they're not committing anything. I mean, you're looking for NCAA sleeper, Chad? Try NC State. You know, Washington State could win the Pac-12 before they play any games. Well, Emil, what do you want these people to do? It's 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 the middle of May, and they have a tab there for college football. You got to have some content. Um, so, I might put something go. like "Come Back in July." <laughs> oh, good grief! It's not. It's if you not don't good got anything serious, ratio, okay. If you don't it's got anything serious to works. report, come back in July. Tell me about recruiting. Tell me about something that's actually going on. Maybe I'm fine with that. I mean, I got another one here. Why Michigan will win ten games in 2015? <laughs> 
Uh, hey, you know who to talk about? Okay. I don't think you mentioned it. This is something that actually does interest me in college football, and it's on ESPN. It's a real story. Syracuse, unretiring number 44. How do you feel about that? Is that real? That's real. They're unretired. Donovan McNabb went off on them. I mean, McNabb is just beyond beside himself. I don't blame him, actually. I think it's the goofiest thing I've ever heard of. I mean, number 44, for those of you who don't follow along, uh, in Syracuse history was worn by Jim Brown, Ernie Davis. They made a movie about Ernie Davis. Stop right there. Yeah. Stop right there with Jim. Yeah. Floyd Little. Now, by the way, Floyd Little actually doesn't care about it. He thinks it's fine. Donovan McNabb thinks it's kind of a joke. He's like, you know, what college unretires a a retired number? And and, and what is the reason for this? Uh, You know, I've read a couple pieces. I mean, is there somebody there that really needs to get number 44? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know the reason. I mean, I didn't get Syracuse unless I missed it. I don't really think Syracuse explained it very well. They're just you know, unretiring the number. Yeah, well, I mean, that's good luck weird, with that whole it? deal for Syracuse. I mean, it's probably the only way they can get in the news right now. So, uh, I mean, that's your gimmick. It was retired in 2005, okay? So it's not like somebody made this decision in, like, 1965 and somebody comes along in a new generation and says, we don't want to retire numbers. I mean, it was only made 10 years ago, <laughs> the decision. Uh Emil, where do we where where do we go with that? I don't know. Um, I guess they're they're gonna do it. Woke you know where I go with it? Number forty four. Syracuse football. Let's stop talking about it. My fault. Yeah, well, I wasn't gonna exactly go there. I kind of went there, and you just took it home. How about that? All right, there you go. Why don't we jump into this thing right away? Uh, we'll jump out with our list early, so it gives people a chance to. Uh, ponder this in their minds, and then we'll we'll touch on some of the other things that we brought up here at the beginning of the show. So the homework was, and by the way, I failed on that homework assignment you gave me. Uh, We're going to, I'll have to find something in the archives that's already here to end the show with today, so I won't won't do this as the end for you, but uh, we'll play something a little happier for you. It's going to be the end uh, of your producing career if you keep failing on the homework. I want my producing career to end, you don't understand. (laughs) I just want to be an on-air talent. I'm lazy like that. So, um, nevertheless, um, we are uh, we we have a uh, top five that we're going to have here today, and the top five is going to be the top five college football franchises since 1980 that have not tasted the thrill of victory, ultimate victory, which is the uh, Sears Trophy and confetti and yeah. everything else that comes along with and it. And admittedly, no you know, I mean. I know for most people that sounds – 35 years in sports is not really – I mean, we've kind of pared it down a little bit. I mean, so there's, there could be a school or two on the list where you say, hey, they won a national title. We understand that. We're not, not acknowledging the national title. All we're saying is we made a cutoff 1980 just for people who were younger. Yeah, Emil, I mean, you know. I didn't want to fly back into the 1920s when Detroit – uh, won a national titles. Uh, you know, Colgate yeah. was in the running. They didn't want right. to do that to to ourselves. No, and, but there'll be the people listeners. out there who point out and say, "Well, you know, my team won one in 1970." Some we get that. We're not. We're, we're just trying to make it a little more current, so it's easier. Because frankly, we're both lazy, and neither one of us wanted to go research beyond 1980. Hell no! I certainly didn't want to no. do that. And I'm, no. it sounds like you didn't want to do the same. So uh, I'm gonna. Who's going first here? Let me go first, since this. you gave me this homework over, you know. I, I mean, I there had to do this. There you go. Um, you ready? You could start off by telling us what your parameters 
were, what what, what your thought process was in, in calling uh, a franchise a, a a good franchise. The school has been relatively, for the last 35 years, consistently good, okay? Uh, they've produced NFL-caliber talent. Uh, they've won a lot of games. They've been in some big bowl games and won them. But they just haven't been able to somehow capture an elusive national championship. That's it, basically. You know, I mean, the eye test. In other words, I say the name and you say, yeah, they've been really good. Man, I can't believe they didn't win a national championship. Okay. Well enough. We'll ride with that. Okay. What do you got for me? Fair enough. Fair enough. I'll By the it. way, I almost had one on the list, and then I remembered they did win one. I almost put BYU on the list. And then I said, I, to I, listen, wait. I wanted to do the same with BYU. And then there's yeah. another team that I'll talk about that, that really damn near – uh, made this list and and would have been number one, but I'll, we'll t- I'll tell you why they didn't make it. Oh, you're not going to say Clemson because they got one in 1981. I fully remember Clemson okay. and Perry Tuttle. I don't know why the name is always stuck in my head. Well, it's a uh, cool wide name. receiver for Clemson. Yeah, Perry cool Tuttle name. always stuck in my head. 1981. Uh, I think so number I'm, one I'm on my with. list is very easy. Should well, I go one or should I start with five. number five? You want me to go five? Start from five. Yeah. Okay, number five. This one you you might kind of shake your head, but I, I'll explain. I, I put West Virginia in here. I mean, this is a team that seems to always be good, if not great, mm-hmm. once in a while. They've gotten some big bowl games. I mean, people don't remember back as even in the late '80s, they were playing Notre Dame in a in a very big mm-hmm. bowl game. Um, they just somehow just can't get it done. I mean, they've had years where they came down to the end of the season. They were in the top one or two a couple of years ago, I want to say five, seven years ago, and they lost to Pitt, if you remember, a very average to bad Pitt team in the last mm-hmm. last game of the season. It's, it's yes. a school that's very, you know, uh, produces a lot of NFL players, it just can't get over the hump, hasn't won national championship. Great tradition, though, at West Virginia. Yeah, um, can't disagree. They're not on my list, but uh, they did cross my mind, uh, and I can agree with a lot of what you said there. I don't... And they've had some rich history. It, it did extend beyond um, just the time that Rich Rodriguez was there. Don Nealon was a pretty good coach for them. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, you go even if yeah. you go back into the fifties and some of those times we you know mentioned Syracuse. If you go watch like that movie, The Express. I mean, West Virginia had some good football teams. They were a tough place to play. Yeah, no, no, no doubt about it. So, uh, who's next? Okay, number four and. Some people might want to put them higher, but most of their their history in this 35-year period has come in the last 10, so I'm going to slide them down to four. TCU. I mean, TCU, for a long period of time, uh, you know, in the 1920s and 30s, they were a very good team, produced a, I, I want to say Sammy Baugh played at TCU. I'm not 100. He either played at TCU or SMU, but they had, a, I think, Bob Lilly play there. They've had players. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. after about the early 50s, they kind of, for the most part, went away for about 40 years and at one point became like just a laughing stock. But then they've revived themselves under Patterson. They've been mm-hmm. in some really big spots. Uh, last year they had a team that was probably as worthy of the other as the other four of being in that playoff, but they weren't in there. And uh, So I got them at number four. I think they're an up-and-comer, and you know, I'm, mm-hmm. based on their last 10 years, I'm putting them on the list. Okay. TCU number four? What do you got? Number Number three... I'm going with Stanford. Stanford's won national championships years and years ago, again, 20s and 30s. Uh, rich history, John Elway, Jim Plunkett. And then you come more recently, they have Andrew Luck. They've had a string of playing in four straight BCS bowl games. 
Um, I think they won three of them. I'm not 100% on that. They but top five, a couple top five finishes. Uh, a really mm-hmm. good solid program. I'm not sure if if where you know where things are in the Pac-12 now and, and how Stanford is if they're ever going to win a national championship. But I do know mm-hmm. one thing: they've really come a long way. They've got a, a nice program uh, and they've had one for quite a while. So I'm putting them at number three. Solid program, especially in uh, their recent in, in their recent history. So far, Emil, and this is unusual for us. You have three programs that are not on my list. I think we wow. might have a good thing going here. We there might go. have a good thing going here. Okay, good. Well, we like that. Okay, here we go. Now, number two, I debated this, but their history is a little bit longer than TCU. They've been on a run now for about twenty years of being, you know, a really good quality program. Uh, transcended a few coaches, which is why I put them so high on this list. I'm going with Wisconsin. Um, okay. They've just been there, um, been really good, played in Rose Bowls, but somehow, some way, they just figure out a way to not quite get it done. I mean, only one team's going to win the national championship every year. That's kind of, you know, a captain obvious statement. So with that mm-hmm. said, um, you know, uh, no shame there. They've produced tons of NFL linemen. Um, some running backs. Hopefully, Melvin Gordon's one of the ones that actually has a good NFL career. But I'm putting Wisconsin at number two. Any problems with that one? Uh, with Wisconsin at number two, I mean they've certainly uh, they've certainly been a very solid program. Uh, they've certainly achieved quite a bit. So I, I don't have a problem with, with Wisconsin being there. But uh, w- having said that, there's one spot remaining, which means you are undoubtedly going to leave a team off that really deserves to be on this list, and you're going to find out when I go. I have a pretty good idea of who is number one on your list, if I know you like I know you, but I'm not going to ruin your moment. We do need drum roll on here if we're going to be doing these lists. I need a drum roll. That's my other homework. We're going to get a we're Why don't you do one with you? Why don't you audio. do one with your like like mouth a drum roll? Go ahead. I'd listen. I I I I don't know what you think you got going on here. I I don't do impressions. <laughs> go mouth a drum roll for us, please. <laughs> there you go. That's and you do know me well, but I I think this is pretty evident. Number one to me, and they've been on a twenty some year run of 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 being good and then probably uh I'm gonna say uh an eight eight year run maybe of being really good is Oregon. Uh yeah. Started on, yeah, I mean I don't know how you leave them off the list. They started under Mike Bellotti, they had the Rose Bowl appearance versus Penn State in the early nineties where they got beat by an undefeated Penn State team. They stayed really good for a while and then somehow and we've talked about this on the show their ascent of being really, really good coincided with my team's descent into probation, but they've been really, really good since about 2008 or 2009. Uh, played for a couple national championships, came up short against Auburn, came up short against Ohio State, but it's been, you know, there's no no shame in being second out of 130 teams. Uh, they've been really good, so I have to put them at number one. Yeah, they've been continuously second. Uh and yes, absolutely uh no problem with with uh Oregon uh being on the list and being high up on the list. You, you should know Oregon's not number 1 on my list. So I'm anxiously uh getting ready to announce oh, my wait. list here and oh, point, oh, no, okay, point no, out no, something. I was just trying to do an oh wait. I thought I, I thought I thought of the team but I I didn't cuz I said no, they wouldn't national. Okay. Well, when we're both done here, we're going to talk about uh, a couple of, of teams who could have made the list but didn't make it. That's almost as much fun as who did make the list. So uh, let's let's go through what I've got here. Number five on the list. Number five on the list is uh, Texas A&M for me. 
Texas A&M has had a couple of rounds uh, where they've been a pretty solid program, and they're currently in, in that realm right now. Under R.C. Slocum, uh, back in the days in the 90s, they uh, they did have some very, very good years. They've had uh, eight double-digit win seasons since 1980, and um, they have not – not only have they not won a national championship, they've, they've, they've not played for one, to be honest with you. They've not <clears throat> really been on that cusp. Uh, but they've had really, really good football teams, and as I said, they've been able to win double-digit games quite a bit. Um, and you know, I'm sure everyone in College Station is wondering uh, if and when they will ever get over that hump. They thought they had it with Johnny Football, but uh, this kind of coincided with the Alabama. Very interesting. Uh, machine. I think it's, it's interesting to me that we both took two old Big 12 teams at number five: uh, Texas A&M mm-hmm. and West Virginia, kind of coming. Uh, uh, well, West Virginia getting into the Big 12, I should say Texas A&M mm-hmm. leaving, they replaced one another. But I, I think those programs are actually very similar in their histories as far as, like, uh, you know, if you go look. So, I mean, I think that's a, it's a good number five for you. Yeah, um, so Texas A&M there. And uh, this one I was a little surprised you didn't uh, include them in your list and take, you know, your normal jab at the team across town. But UCLA – uh, and it's funny, you, you brought up that article in the beginning. I was like, oh, okay, I know he put UCLA on the list. But um, UCLA, another team that has had uh, some pretty good teams, if you remember the Cade McNown team uh, that ended up coming down here to Miami after a, a, you know, a hurricane postponed yep. uh, an early season game. And it was very unfortunate for them because they probably would have beat that Miami team if it was early in the season. Uh, but it ended up being late in the season. I believe this is 1998, and, and yep. you're talking about a Miami team that got their act together and really started their road towards the 2001 championship uh, towards the end of the season, and that's when UCLA came down here, and that ruined UCLA season because they were going to go play for a national championship. But apart from that, UCLA has had some very solid teams over the years, and they could never really just get themselves into – uh, the championship, UCLA, another team with eight double-digit win seasons since 1980, uh, and it's among the leaders in, in this category that we're talking about here. So at number four, I've got UCLA. Uh, at number three, you mentioned Wisconsin. They're number two on your list. They're number three on mine. Wisconsin has had a number of really solid football teams that have gone to Rose Bowls and they've won Rose Bowls and uh, under Barry Alvarez. Uh, they had some really, really good years, um, and then that's and of recent uh, history. When Russell Wilson was there, they had some really good teams that um, had one or two losses in a year. And 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 the parameters I'm going by are double-digit win seasons, uh, playing in a solid conference like the Big Ten. Wisconsin's had nine of those, nine double-digit win seasons, and they've just not been able to get themselves. Um, you know, to where they can win a, a national title. So Wisconsin is number three on my list. Number two on my list, Emil, and this is probably going to be a, a pretty big surprise to you and, and to a lot of folks out there, but it is Oregon. And uh, the reason it's going to be a surprise is because Oregon is really fresh and new and they have uh, captured college football not only with their winning ways, but with their style and pizzazz and their different way of doing things. They've got all the uniform changes. They've got the Mickey Mouse cards being held up. They run a funky uh, no-huddle <laughs> offense that has captured the attention of people from coast to coast. Um, so it's they're, they're fresh on everyone's mind. So 
um, and everyone knows that they are, have experienced quite a bit of heartbreak. So they would naturally be a team that people would, you know, call off the top of their head is, oh, Oregon has to be at the top of that list. Well, yeah. the only number two on my list. There's a program out there that many people have forgotten about, and it's because of their most recent history. But we're talking about a team here that I've got coming up that has played for a national championship and did not win it came pretty damn close, played for one, didn't win it, but apart from that has had some very, very good football teams. Oh, uh, wait, over can I years. guess? Can I guess? Can I guess? Throw it out there. Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech Hokies. Um Michael Vick was a quarterback as a freshman I got it. and played Florida State. Yeah, absolutely. Virginia Tech is number one on this list. Just to give this to you, Virginia Tech since nineteen eighty has had thirteen double-digit win seasons, 13. Now, their recent history has been a little boo-boo, but they've had some very good football teams over the years, and they even had that team with Michael Vick that went and played Florida State and lost in that game and just couldn't get it done. So number one on my list, despite their most recent history the last three, four years, is the Virginia Tech Hokies. That's my list. Tech number one, Oregon two, Wisconsin three, UCLA four, Texas A&M number five. The only reason I like list. your whole list, the only thing I would say is I, I think I think the UCLA one's a little bit light, and the reason I left them off is they've had some really, really good teams, but but in between there's there's a lot of sucking. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, what did it for me, what did it for me <laughs> is uh, the Cade McNown team. I really thought that team was going to go play for you a felt bad. championship. So you wanted to give them uh, something. You, I you know, I had a little soft spot for UCLA. That was my team when I was living out west. Uh, liked them as a kid, you know. Uh, and they just, uh, it, it was right there and it slipped through their fingers. And to be quite honest with you, it was a circumstance thing. Coming out here to Miami, um at that point in time in the seasons, tough for anyone, and they ran into a buzzsaw because Miami was coming off of an embarrassment, and the team really banded together. And 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 you know what? Even in the game against Miami, they had a 17-point lead late in the game, and and blew that. So um, that's that's what really did it for me and put them on the list. Let's talk about a couple of teams that didn't make the list. Why don't we Why don't we go uh, one for one here on that? Were there some teams that were close to making it? on your list that did not. No, actually actually to be honest with you, I'm I'm actually shocked that I forgot um uh, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech. I mean, actually I feel sad. And and I will say this. I'll give you A and M. They were close for me. I thought mm-hmm. about A and M. They were kind of, I kinda of put them in the um I wanna say in that UCLA mold. They've had some really, really good teams, but I have to you know I'd have to go back and look exactly record by record, but there were some Matter of fact, let's do this when we're talking since it's fun. I mm-hmm. love these kind of lists. Mm-hmm. I'm looking. I'm looking up UCLA for you. The '80s were good for them, and that's probably why you feel good about it. Um, yeah. Those were my formative years. If yeah. You, yeah. The, the '80s term. were what? good. The the the, the 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 then they had. Uh, I mean, a lot of like you know. Here's those two teams you remember there's, in the '90s. There's a lot the of 90s. sucking according to. Well, here's their oh, '90s. Man. Okay, the '80s were good to them. I mean, they finished up the '80s strong. They went ten and two, mm. ten and two in the Troy Aikman era. Although they, he, mm. he never beat USC, he still says that pisses him off. Um, mm. Then they got into the '90s. They went five and six, nine and three, six and five, eight and four, five and six, seven and five, five and six. Then you remember your two ten and two teams. Then they went four mm. and seven, and then into the odds. There's a word for you, the odds. Then mm-hmm. the odds. They mm-hmm. went six and mm-hmm. six, seven and four, eight and five, six and seven, six and six. 
Ten and two, yeah. seven and six. I mean, I guess there, that's kind some, of, there was some suck in there. I'll t- I'll give you that. I mean, everybody had some periods where they kind of suck once in a while, but they had some real sucking going and on. And then some guy named Neuheisel showed up there and really took sucking to right, the right. So I mean, UCLA I can't franchise. listen. I can't kill you on it. It's not a horrible pick, but you know, I like your other yeah, no, four I, though. Your your Virginia Tech trumped everything. Yeah, Virginia Tech. I, I guess I made a comeback there with Virginia Tech. I uh, um, West Virginia. Um, you know, they could have made my list, uh, you know, on the reasons that I said. The reason I didn't put TCU in there, uh, Emil, is this. TCU has had really some, some great seasons, some great years, a, a bunch of double-digit win seasons. As a matter of fact, ten of them uh, since 1980. But nine of those came in the Mountain West Conference. And that was the big problem with TCU. Remember that. Uh, people didn't want to give them credit because they were in that Mountain West Conference. And I felt like... I can't put TCU on this list and also not put Boise State because Boise State had the same issue. You right. know, go out and win a whole bunch of games, uh, but you don't get into the national title game because no one respects who you're playing. Boise State's had 12 double-digit win seasons. Um, and need I remind you, the really, really great year that they had uh, right. ended up beating Oklahoma. So I couldn't include them as well. Um, you know, Iowa always Can I draw a parallel before we get off Boise State? I've yeah, always sure. felt like um, – you know, it, to, we've been unboxing the last couple of weeks with everything that's happened mm-hmm. with Floyd Mayweather. I've always felt like records in college football, unlike the NFL, where you kind of schedule your opponents and you choose the conference you want to play in. That mm-hmm. double-digit win stuff is only is only as good as the conference you're playing in. So, if you're to me, if you're not playing in one of the big five or six conferences over the years, mm-hmm. I, I take it with a grain of salt. So, I'm agreeing with mm-hmm. you. It's like, yeah, you've had a lot of double-digit win seasons, but to, right. to use the boxing yeah. analogy, you've lined up a lot of bums. Yeah, if you pile it up on UTEP, um, you know, then we're not going to have a whole lot of respect for that. Uh, although, you know, a lot of these conferences, when you get to the bottom of the barrel, um, you, you got the bottom of the barrel. You know, Kentucky is been... No, it's like you always, you, you know, you taught me something years ago, 15 years ago when I first met you. You know, you, you explained something to me, and it makes a lot of sense. And at the time, it never dawned on me as probably as much as having talked to someone who played a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing about playing in these big conferences is if you're in, say, the SEC or the Pac-12, okay, you go play uh, Vanderbilt, who usually mm-hmm. isn't very good. You know, mm-hmm. they produce NFL players, and mm-hmm. you may beat them 28 to 10, but you're getting mm-hmm. beat up beating them. And yeah, then you're going to play. That, you're going to be in that tub on Sunday. Right. No the doubt. next week you're going to play a team like Alabama, or if you're in the Pac-12, you know you go out and you beat Cal, and you know Cal can score points, and you you know you beat them, you beat them 41-27. But you you expend energy and effort, and then the next week you got to go play Oregon or USC. It it just it's a lot different than beating UTEP. I mean, I'm sorry for people out there that you know want to say, well, what's the difference between UTEP and Cal? There's a big difference. Yeah, um uh, and, and 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 you're dead on about that. That stuff that stuff definitely does mean something there. And the only other team that I'm looking at, well there's two teams. Uh, but you know what, here's a big one. And and only because we went back to 1980 they didn't make this list cuz I was all prepared. The whole reason I thought about making this list was Georgia. Georgia did win a national championship in 1980, or a piece of one, or however you want to look at it. No, they won That's the year they beat Notre Dame, and then two years later they went back and somehow managed to lose to Penn State. Right. Um, and so that was, you know, many would say their heyday, but 
whether it's their heyday or not, they've been a solid program for quite some time, 14 double-digit win seasons, uh, and, and that's in the SEC. I mean, you know, no one else could say that um, without having won a championship. So, well, George's, I think you got George's careful, on this Chad. list, if I would have said from 1981, they're on this list. Um, the fact that we went to 1980, they'd be number one on the list, to be quite honest with you, yeah. if we didn't go back to 1980. Um, and, you know, that's that's the reason why everyone wants Rick, uh, not everyone, but a lot of people want Rick out of Georgia. Is they just seem to be really, really good, but just can't be great. Well, but I think you've got to be careful with this kind of stuff um, in general, sports fans. Not you and me, we're making a list for fun, but um, hmm. especially college football I think I think you got to look at other things like how good is a program NFL talent they produce because let's face it there's 130 Division one schools probably we could consider 70 of them major Division one schools mm-hmm. it's not unusual to not have won a championship in 30 years because there's there's not that many I mean think about it in the NFL there's 32 teams and it's hard to win a championship mm-hmm. 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 you see you, you uh, get true. true but we got to make fun of somebody and here's Here's between the two of us, I think we've got, what, nine teams uh, that we're going to make fun of. And uh, how about you guys get a championship? (laughs) Really really quick, out of the nine teams we've named, who is the furthest away from from getting off of this list right now? Oh, who's the furthest from winning a national championship? Yeah, I guess you've uh, got my to list. Say I would Virginia, have to say right? West Virginia. I, I don't see West Virginia getting one anytime soon. Yeah, and, and on my list, that's going to be UCLA. Yeah, UCLA's. Uh, People would argue with you, but I, I, not, not as much my me, me disliking them as much as being honest. I agree with you, but a lot of people. Oh, would you argue know what? With you. Maybe Virginia Tech right now. Virginia Tech, because even if Virginia Tech gets right, um, they've got Florida State in that ACC and Clemson right now. I don't see them passing up anytime soon. And you could even win the whole ACC and still not have a chance to win a national championship. So let me flip that real quick. But, to Virginia but Tech. here's the problem: number one on my actually, list is the furthest away. You, you're probably right because of the dynamics of, of that ACC thing going on. But probably what I would say is the reason I would say UCLA is if you really look at this, and I know some SEC fans are going to put an eyebrow up when I say this, not the best conference, the toughest mm-hmm. division in college football may be the Pac-12 mm-hmm. South if you take a look at it. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, you might be okay, right. Okay, you go take a look be- at the Pac-12 South. They're going to start this season with probably five teams in the top 25 and probably two in the – well, Oregon and U, well, Oregon's in the north, but USC is going to be in the top ten and maybe UCLA. Mm-hmm. And then you also toss in Arizona State, Arizona, Utah. That's a pretty damn good division. Yeah, you've got some good coaching going on uh, in that division as well. So I could definitely – uh, agree with you on so that. That's All right, I we think got you may be right on what wanna... you're saying, believe it or not. Yeah. Once in a while, you're we got, right. We got a caller right now, though, that oh, may wow. want to chime in on this. Caller, you're on the Gridiron Stud Show. Yeah, hello? Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm you're, good. You're man. on live. How... Okay, cool, man. That, that's what's up, man. I'm enjoying my day off. You know what I'm saying? Good. So I'm able to call in. This your boy, John we... Miller. Oh, Chad how you Wilson, doing, John? What's going on? Oh, yeah, man, hey man, man. We're, we're we're here. We're we're having fun making lists and uh, you know, making fun of teams that can't win a national title. Did did you have someone that we missed? Well, I just logged on, so I, I missed uh, probably you know the first few minutes of, of who you guys were talking about. Did, did, did you hear? Uh, you didn't hear our list yet? Did you hear our list, John? 
I, I have not heard your list yet. Okay, let, well, let, tell let you me, what, we let won't me, read the list. We we won't read the list. Give us give us your name or names, and we'll let you know if they were didn't make our list. Okay, true that, true that. That that works for me. I would I would uh, have to say that the University of Miami Hurricanes should have three peated. You know, there's mm-hmm. two two of our two of our teams. Uh, I believe the 2000 team. Uh, we mm-hmm. lost uh, we lost to Washington at Washington early in the year. Yeah, uh, and it's the first year of the BCS, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, right. We 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 ran the table after we took that loss at Washington. Uh, we mm-hmm. beat Florida State that year, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, Florida State edged us out, I believe, by like a couple tenths of a point to play Oklahoma. John, that yeah, big, John, that big, was a very contract. tough year. That was a tough year because one thing I will point out: it would have been nice to have that four-team playoff, and here's why. It's an interesting argument. Chad and I over the years have discussed this one. I, I, I agree with you that probably in theory at the end of that year, Miami should have played Oklahoma. But if you want to make yeah, the maybe. argument that Miami lost to Washington, then you have mm-hmm. to give Washington kudos. Because if people forget, Washington went 11-1 and that year. They, they they were left out of the whole conversation, finished, I well, think, no third. Well, no one forget because they constantly bring it up. But they did have a very good football team that year. Um, they did there's no doubt about that. Football their quarterback, and you know they they had some really good uh, DBs too. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, if year. you want to make the argument, and Miami fans do, they say, "Listen, Florida State, we beat you that year. We had the same record. It wasn't fair that you played Oklahoma." Well, Washington's sitting over there saying, "Well, wait a second, we beat Miami." I've not right, made right. that argument more than I've said Florida State didn't deserve to go. Uh, yeah, well, I'd well, say please, maybe. I... Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry for interrupting. I, I would have to say that, uh, you know, I believe uh, Washington that year, I mean, yeah, 11-1, and one, okay, but I think they they were a victim of, of a weaker schedule, you know, because if you look at it, we, we beat uh, – that year I believe we beat Florida State as I think they were, what, number they, – they was ranked number two, I believe, at that mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. And we beat them. And I, I don't think Washington didn't even have any – I think they didn't even have any top ten wins that year. I, I'd have to look. Well, but let I'm me clear. Here's the Washington did. schedule that year. I pulled it up. Chad only has me here for one reason, and that's to do research, just so you know. Yeah. Uh, okay. They played <laughs> Idaho the okay. first game. Then they beat Miami. Mm-hmm. Then they mm-hmm. played Colorado. This is when Colorado was good at mm-hmm. Folsom oh. Field in Colorado, beat them 17-14. Then they, their mm-hmm. only loss of the year was to Oregon, who ended up finishing that season. By the way, Oregon finished ten and two that year. Oregon State, by the way, finished that season eleven and one. There were three teams in the Pac-12 that year: eleven and one, eleven and one, ten and two. So they lost by seven at Oregon, one by three at home against Oregon State, who was an eleven and one team. So I mean, they were a pretty good team that year. Now the Pac-12 was unusually weak at the bottom that year. My Trojans, by the way, were five and seven. That was right before mm-hmm. Pete Carroll. Um, mm-hmm. So no, you, you make a point. Their schedule wasn't the Pac-12 was top heavy as I'm looking at it this year. So you have which a good you point. also got to look too. And Miami fans will point this out to you because they pay attention to this kind of stuff. It's not only that <laughs> Miami went on to win the rest of their games; is that they absolutely destroyed everyone they faced after that loss to to yeah, Washington. No I mean, you know, the Florida State there game was, was no a close contest. one as it's expected to be, but my God, they crushed everybody. West Virginia. No, absolutely, guys. You know right. what? I mean, if, if I'm being people. honest with you, I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm looking through the Washington schedule. I mean, 
seven-point loss was their only loss. Then they had a three-point win against Oregon State, a six-point win against Arizona State, a 12-point win against Cal, a three-point win against Stanford, a three-point win against Arizona, a seven-point win against UCLA. They they were not a dominant team. They just had a run. With They were a good team that had a run. That's basically yeah, if you, what they did. If you, if, if you do this, if you slide that Washington game out of – uh, which you really can't do. It's there. But let's say you slide that Washington loss out of Miami's 2000 schedule. Their 2000 year is as every bit as impressive uh, from a numbers standpoint as the year that came after it in terms of how they just absolutely dominated teams. And that's absolutely. a tough thing to swallow for Miami fans. Uh, caller, before before we let you go, am I going to assume that other team you're talking about from the Miami Hurricanes is the 1986 team? No, I'm going to say it was the uh, 2002 or the 2003 team. I, I believe you, no, the Ohio, Ohio State. State. We're on our way back to the locker room. Here's a flag team. That one? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, that, oh, that here's... well with me right there. Oh, Wait, damn it! You two are better than I am. Holy crap! I got two Hurricanes on the phone, and somehow you guys took a discussion of franchises Uh that haven't won a national championship (laughs) since 1980, and you turned it into a Miami Hurricane football session. Hey, we're just discussing my first two teams that that deserve to win a national championship. No, we didn't say deserve. Yeah, well, see, he didn't. didn't, Our our caller here didn't hear the actual title of this list. Give us some teams in college football, not specific teams. When we say franchises, like programs, that since 1980 haven't won a national title and, and are, are some of the better programs that you can think of. In other words, they're, they're really good, but they haven't won a, ch- a championship in the last 35 years. Okay, wow, that, that makes a lot more sense. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Man, I would have to say maybe Oregon. They're number yeah, one on see, my that's list. The first one, that's oh, the first one that's going to come to people's mind. Well, here, I'm going to yeah, throw that's... this one out to you, John. Uh, my, number one on my list is Virginia Tech. We're going back to 1980. Look at think of the teams Virginia Tech had, and they even played for a national title. If you remember, 19 what was that? 96. 99. Florida uh, State beat them. 99. Yeah, 99. Yeah. So, uh, and some guy named Michael Vick was running around, yeah, and they, uh-huh. they they ended up losing. We it, shut so. him down, by the way. We, we shut Michael Vick down, by the way. Yeah, well, Michael Vick had a problem with with Miami-type teams. You know, the one time I went and saw Michael Vick in person, I went to to Tampa to watch him play against the Tampa Bay Bucks. This is my chance to see Michael Vick uh, in person doing his thing because I don't think I I saw him when he played against the Hurricanes, one of the few games I missed back in that era. But I'm going there. Let me see what this guy could do, man. And, my God, Tampa Bay's defense just absolutely smothered the guy. Simeon Rice and Warren Sapp, he just couldn't get away and do anything anything so he was a bust at the one game that i went to but listen john we thank you for calling man uh you got to call more often right right well you know i'm in the army i'm active duty in the army so i had a day off today and i was just browsing on facebook and saw you guys having this discussion so you know i decided to go ahead and call in hey john thanks for your service and you know what you might want to email chad because when i'm not on and i have to take a day off or something You'd be the perfect co-host because you're as good as me. I can turn any conversation into a USC Trojan conversation, and you are just as skilled and adept with Miami. So you, well, this, well, guy's well, mad. this guy's mad. We we yeah, we didn't let him do it today. There you go. Well, well, I will have to say, you know, the Trojans also got screwed too. I believe. Um, I, I think. Oh God, John, don't start him. This dude will go another two hours. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just, I'm just, you know, calling it how I see it. I mean, didn't they have like a, a loss to um, y'all had like a loss. Who did y'all lose to? And and just barely 
lost out on the on on the BCS. Oh, you're talking about the 2003 team, which got the AP National Championship, but somehow finished number one in both polls at the end of the year with a three-point triple look, overtime look, look, loss. John, to Cal. look what you did to my show, man. Yeah. Look what you did, yes. John. Look, yes, that was the Oklahoma good. team, John, that lost by four touchdowns in the Big 12 Championship, but somehow got to good play for a BCS title. He's, He's gone. They lost to Kansas State that year. Right? Yes. <laughs> they, they lost to K State that year, yes. right? They always lose, John. Oh, man. Oklahoma, you got big game, Bob. If ever there was a time for us to take a break. All right, John, thanks for calling, man. You get another day off and we're on. Feel free to call, man. We really appreciate it. All right. Thanks. All right. I'm not going to let my co-host take that football right there that, that our caller dropped in his hand and let him run to the end zone with it. I'm going to come like across John. body block You better right be now. careful. I don't yeah, call John better. and we throw you off the show. <laughs> you better like John. Oh, boy. Rick Ross is going to take us to a break. When we get back, Steph Curry and Harden went at it last night. We'll talk about it on the Gridiron Stud Show right after this. Hey, hey, hey. Do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payoff. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one day contest for $25 and get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code GRIDIRONSTUDS. Do it now! Hey man, how many offers do you have? Well, I got about 10. Miami, Florida, Florida State, Auburn, USC, and more. How many you got? None yet. None? (laughs) Is this you? Are you sitting there with no offers whatsoever? Are you a good football player? Then head over to gridironstuds.com right now. At Gridiron Studs, you can create your own profile for free and post your highlight video. College football coaches are visiting gridironstuds.com on a daily basis looking for prospects. But they won't find you if you're not there. Don't keep your talents on the field a secret. Put up your free profile right now on gridironstuds.com and get college football coaches' eyes on you. Visit us now at gridironstuds.com or follow us on Twitter at gridironstuds. Gridironstuds.com. Make yourself be seen. Ten 
43 here on the Gridiron Stud Show. Man, we did that list, Emil, and time just flew by on us, man. It really, really just took off. But a fun list, none, nonetheless. Um, Everything's a list, Chad, in this country. Tell me about it. Uh, you can't even find blog articles now that don't break things down into a list. We've become a land of simpletons. Top five reasons uh, you can't tell your husband no tonight. Uh, you know, all kinds of silliness <laughs> that's out there, so. I mean, just look at blog articles, everything. I, I write my blog articles in that fashion now because I don't think I can capture an audience unless I break something down into a top five or top ten. That's just that's just how uh, – I read an article the, uh, yesterday speaking of simpletons that basically mm-hmm. suggested – and I, the more I read the article, I couldn't disagree – that pop music and culture today, especially the music, has actually mm-hmm. helped to c- continue to dumb down our society. And they said, just read the lyrics. Compare them to say – Something you read in you know the seventies where you had a lot of these singer songwriters that had these really complex lyrics that you had to actually understand what there was a hidden meaning like a Bob Dylan or whatever, and then you compare them to stuff you see today and the, the lyrics are just like I mean they don't even make sense. Yeah, um, you know you know you're getting old, and I'm right there with you when you start attacking the uh, music that that the younger generation is yeah. listening to because I, I I had the same thing growing up like what crap are you listening to um and but I'm that's not like that honestly there's a lot music. of pop music where I might not really know the, the the entertainer per se that my kid listens to that I'll I'll like I mean I'll be like oh yeah I like that song I know the name of the song I mean it's not like I'm going out buying their albums but I mean there's a lot of stuff there's a lot of stuff I like I, I mean I'm not one of these people who just says it's all garbage you know what i'm trying to say yeah uh breaking news for our local folks down here in the uh, south florida area police have responded to a scene in fort lauderdale where there is a naked man sitting on top of a drawbridge quite honestly i mean um if he's not bothering anybody why why are the police there just let the guy be naked at some point he'll have to get you think maybe they're concerned he's going to jump um no, if he wanted to jump, I think he would have went there and did that. Um, if you've been there for an hour, uh, obviously you're having second thoughts. And the only thing really the police can do is, you know, uh, maybe reconfirm his thoughts of jumping. Really, that's just the way that I look at it. But uh, for any of you out there that um, might be headed in that area and you want to see a, a naked guy atop the drawbridge, just thought you uh, might well, need to know that. Well, 10.45 a.m., I'm glad the police are there because the last thing I want to see is some guy with his giblets. Uh, hanging out as I, as I'm, I just ate my Dunkin' Donuts sandwich. <laughs> and man, your eyes are supposed to be on the road anyway. So okay, so if you're looking up at the drawbridge, we already have a problem, and we need to call the uh, DMV and talk about your license. All right, we do need to talk about some of the stuff we said we we're going to talk about today. Uh, I caught the uh, Rockets Golden State game last night. You know, if you look on social media today, if you go through your social media, you're going to see a bunch of people telling you that Steph Curry is the best shooter in NBA history. Um, I would tell people this: Hey, pump your brakes. He does not have enough body of work, but my God, Emil, that guy knows how to find a basket. And I'm telling you, when he shoots, it's not it's not thudding around. It's not rolling around that rim. It is hitting the bottom of the damn net, or it's hitting the back of that rim and sliding straight down. It's the smoothest thing you'll ever see. That guy is. He is like silk, and he was very good at. Whoa, he's Davidson, right? Didn't he play Davidson? Am I remember him correctly? Uh, yeah, not not big time. Wasn't no, but I remember time, watching him in college. He was excellent then. I mean, they had a they had a very good team. I mean, he's he's yeah, he's a great. Both of those guys are great scorers. I mean, you know, same thing. I mean, Harden. I mean that 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 guy can that guy can score. I mean, Harden makes the most herkiest, jerkiest moves to the to the rim, and that's his game. 
um, and it looks like the wildest thing you'll ever see, complete with the head back, um, and somehow finds that ball off the glass and in there. But the two of them went at it last night. I think uh, I think Harden had 38 points. Curry had 34. Harden had a chance to win the game there at the end, and for whatever reason, gave the ball back up and got it back and made a mess of it and um, probably a misuse of time and timeouts there at the end. So uh, at the end of the day, Golden State is up uh, two nothing in the series, and now they head head to Houston. Man, did you see this with Golden State two or three years ago? Uh, well, no. I mean, not 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 the level of where they you know they were, they finished the year. I think sixty seven and fifteen. I certainly saw them getting a little bit better, and they were bringing some guys in there that could actually play ball. Uh, you know, nobody saw them winning. I mean, you're lying if you, you the, the Golden State fans didn't see them winning sixty seven games. Okay, I mean, mm-hmm. but. They they have a, you really look at their roster. They've got a you know a nice roster. I mean they've got some size uh, with with what the uh, Bogut is that how you say his name? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. They got him. I mean they they've got guys that can score. I mean that's without a doubt. So I mean you know you got to like what they've done there. Uh, I kind of think most people figured the Clippers would be the 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 what I say that I, I say this with due respect the garbage mm-hmm. team that actually got good. You know I mean Golden mm-hmm. State and the Clippers were two. Of the you know West bottom feeders for the longest time, and I, I think yeah more exciting people... teams exciting teams, but uh, at the end of the year they weren't going to be in the playoffs. No, so I think more people figured this would be the Clippers, not not Golden State, but Golden State just passed them passed them out like they were standing still, and uh, you know it looks like to be honest, it's going to be hard for them to lose this series um, at this point. And, and would nothing. we agree that the West winner is 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 your winner? So if that's Golden. Mm. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to see that because uh, you know, again, the, to me, still the best player in the game uh, is is LeBron James. So mm-hmm. we know that no one can argue that. But right. uh, well, without that, love, can they can they can they beat a Golden State if they are the team that comes out of the West? I think they have a if 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 Irving can be healthy for that series, mm-hmm. relatively healthy. I think they could because I think uh, playing a team as you said. Last week, in a more finesse conference, the West, where they like to run up and down the court, kind of helps them not having love as much. I think mm-hmm. they can get mm-hmm. away with it. I'm not saying that they're going to win, but I think they could win. You know, that's yeah. Out. Well, I mean, obviously they could win. You know, you get that far and you get two teams there in the final. You know, either either side can win. It's just going to be a little bit more difficult. But I would agree with you. It's not going to be a real physical. Uh, brand of basketball. Uh, it's going to be a little bit more small ball, and and maybe that uh, maybe that is uh, going to be you know an advantage for you know the Cavaliers. Let me ask you this one, guy. by the way. Do you remember James Harden at Arizona State? Because I really don't. Uh, me neither. He might he might have been without the beard. Well, I don't mean like that. I mean, I just don't remember. I mean, he went third in the draft the year he came out. He's only. No, you know, I don't. He's not re- that, I don't really remember him, but there's no doubt his game blossomed in the NBA. There's no yeah. question about that. So, yeah. um, you know, that, and that can happen in this league. Uh, sometimes a guy comes out of nowhere, though he was picked third, as you said, uh, just not someone that people really had their mind on. I think it helped him to come into the league and be in Oklahoma City, where there wasn't a ton of pressure on him. He was the third guy there. And uh, he could develop his game, and you know, once he had enough confidence, then he could go to Houston and be the guy. So I think that helped him. Rather, I mean, than it, to, in some, to some to some extent, though, I, I you know, 
I, I think I think the NBA draft's a mystery to most of us that aren't ardent NBA fans. I mean, because mm-hmm. let's face it, they pick guys in that draft that are 18 years old. Some of them overseas players, and you know, when you when you see the list of guys drafted in the NBA, there's a lot of years you go, "Who the hell is that?" Right. Exactly. True. True. And then and then you find out um, uh, Nowitzki and those kind of players coming in. Yeah, of course that that that'll happen and. Unless you're knee deep in basketball, you're not going to really know those guys, and you're just going to come to know them when everyone else does when they start going off uh, in the postseason in the NBA. So, um, but kudos to him. You know, he's gone to Houston. There was some. There's been some pressure on him there, and he's uh, right now delivering. And hopefully, he can get Houston to. I will tell you this: the NBA postseason has been entertaining. Uh, I no, will say that. No, it's been good. It's been good. It's stuff. been a good I, postseason. I, I actually would not. You know. I'll probably root for Golden State only because, and I don't know if you might be, because of the five years I have on you, you might not mm-hmm. recall this, but when I was a little kid back in the mid-70s, six, seven years old, Golden State won a championship with a coach, a black guy named Al Adels. I don't know if you know Al mm-hmm. Adels. Rick mm-hmm. Barry was their their big player, mid-70s. Mm-hmm. They, they they played the Washington at the time Bullets before they became the mm-hmm. Wizards with Wes Unsell mm-hmm. and Elvin Hayes, and they actually won the championship. And I still remember, for some reason, watching that series as a kid. Like I said, I was six or seven years old. So I've always had a soft spot for Golden State because they stunk for the better part of, like, 20, 30 years. Right, right. They just had these crazy unis, and that's pretty much what, you know. Well, I like like they went back old school. The ones they wear now are actually pretty much the ones they wore back then. Right, right. So um, that's probably the team I'd root for as well. I don't know. I I mean, I'm not – I'm not one of these Miami fans that are salty about uh, LeBron going back home. I actually thought that you know it was the best thing for him to do, and let's see if he can deliver a championship to that downtrodden city. Um, but I just love what Golden State's doing, as many many folks now are, have have caught on. But uh, sliding out of that, um, here's here's a here's a topic you brought up. Uh, the NFL is messing with their extra points. I don't know how you feel about it. Um, Chip Kelly did make a pretty good suggestion, and that is put put the two-point conversion at the one-yard line. It would be a lot more enticing to uh, NFL coaches to go for it. you agree or disagree with such a move? I, I, I actually I hate the entire concept of screwing with it, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, this notion that everything's got to be entertaining, it's called a point after touchdown. Think about the silliness. A team drives 99 yards, scores a touchdown, okay, gets six points. The extra mm-hmm. point gets blocked now in return, and the other team gets two. So on a, on, a, on, a, on a series of plays where one team took the ball and went 99 yards, the object of football is to drive the football. They do the hard thing, score the touchdown. They pick up a four-point swing because some goofy play, the ball is blocked and returned for two points. Well, not a four-point swing. It would be three. Well, no, I'm saying, but three. but they only they they only enjoy a four-point swing on the play. In other words, they get six, the other team gets two. They make four points in the, oh, in the I got bet you. versus seven. I mean, it's a well, point after touchdown. It's it's supposed to be a reward for scoring. <laughs> it's not well, supposed not to be something you miss. Someone... 
seven for going into the damn end zone, and what are we trotting a kicker out there and wasting people's time for? Listen, do we Because they're making 99.9%. NBA, they have free throws. Guys routinely, good. most good players in the whoa, NBA make. Oh, boy, whoa, daddy, not the same thing, okay? I'll just start Listen, calling names finish you where it's an adventure. Do we say it would be more entertaining if somebody stood in front of the shooter and punched him in the balls when he shot free throws <laughs> a little bit harder? Man, don't play around because – uh, I'm sure if that became a rule, a lot more NBA eyeballs uh, would be on. <laughs> yeah, here. Honey, well, you, come in here you're look gonna at this. Get to, you know how this. you flick your middle finger when you used to play football? You kick those paper footballs. You get to flick <laughs> yes. your middle finger I know at the where guy you're going. when he shoots. Uh, how does a team choose the guy that's going to do that? Okay, that's going to be the next problem. Well, I'll tell you what. LeBron's got brass balls. Let him shoot. <laughs> <laughs> this has taken a swing and a turn down a road that I Dude, really don't on. want to go I'm to. I'm sick of it. What are we going to do next? I told you on Facebook the other day. You know, if they elect to have the quarterback stand on the 15-yard line and take two balls and throw it through a tire that we hang on the goalpost, you can get four points, and that would be really entertaining. <laughs> well, when you have uh, when you have consistent – uh, meetings in the off season. This is the stuff that happens. You start tinkering with stuff that doesn't need to be tinkered with, and uh, this is just one of those things. Now let me Look, give I'm you the unintended consequence of this. Okay. Th- consider this now, okay? Do we enjoy the fake field goal once in a while in the NFL? You know, the kind where they flip the ball and the guy just walks right in. Well, have we even seen that in the last three years? No, we, but we've seen fake field goals. Where I'm going with this is, say a coach designs a beautiful play. He says, you know what, I, I see the way they're lining up on extra points. I can get two points out of this early in a game just because they're not expecting me to. I'm going to fake it. Well, now that's eliminated. You're on the 15-yard line. Hell, you'd have to have Jim Brown run the damn ball and you're so far away. Well, but no, hold on. You didn't tell me what you thought of Chip Kelly's idea of put the two-point conversion on the one-yard line. Well, sure. Listen, I like Chip's idea in that if the intent is you want more excitement and you you think Mm -hmm. this play is just damn right, damn boring, well, by Mm -hmm. putting it on the one, now you give the coach something to ponder. He says, listen, I can get one point here, but basically if I score two touchdowns this game at worst, I think I can run the ball in from a yard out once out of two times anyway. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I can go for two every time. And at worst, be dead even. You know, if I, if I score two touchdowns, I'm gonna have 14 points, eight and six, even if I miss one of them, and I might even get two points. So yeah, I agree with him. It, risk reward. I think you'd have more guys going for for from a yard. People don't understand the difference between one and I two yards. Like, I actually like that idea. So yeah, I do must, too. If you if you must mess around with what goes on after a touchdown, uh, maybe that's the way to mess around with it. But I'm telling you, they need to stop having these off-season meetings because that's where this game gets messed with the most. So uh, but maybe you have one. I'm trying – all kidding aside, I'm trying to explain my point to you in that I don't want games – you know, you're always going to have fluke plays in sports. They happen. You don't want games decided by the extra point? Generally, I don't want that to become commonplace. Every once in a while, fluky things happen. That's just the nature of competitive sports. I don't want it to be commonplace that we generally have big games decided because you know people are going for two points when they don't need to early in a game. And it just mm-hmm. to me, it's it's adding. I know I know where they're going. This goes back to our original conversation that we've been having now for three years in this show. This is designed for the TMZ casual fan. Your mm-hmm. average. Hardcore football fan views the extra point as a chance to go take a leak and get a beer. It's yeah. not a problem. 
Right. Uh, your, your TMZ Bravo channel people like, oh, this is so mundane, the ball being kicked through the uprights. Ugh. When is uh, someone going to come out and slap the head coach in the face and walk off angrily like they do on my favorite show on Bravo? Yeah, right. I get it. I right, right. I you think I'm laughing. When are they going to throw a drink in the GM's face? When, when's that part? I get it. it I understand. You know, you, you, you're being funny here, but <laughs> the, my silly idea with the, with the tire hanging from the goalpost, that type of fan – would actually enjoy that. You mean we're going to put oh, Peyton Manning man. on the 15-yard line, and they get four points if he throws both of them through the tire? Oh my God, that's so exciting! <laughs> uh, Emil, do you think before you and I check out in this lifetime, they're going to do in the NFL what they did in the XFL, which is uh, at the beginning of the game to find out who's going to get the ball? Two guys sprint to the 50 and try to get the ball first. Was that not the most foolhardy thing you'd ever seen? I want to say no, but you want to know what? There's at this point, I think that this the league is is getting so ridiculous. I'm waiting for the net to go behind the goalpost, so when you miss it, you can return it off the net. I'm telling you, you keep having off season meetings. It's gonna it's gonna happen. I'm how telling long, you, it's gonna happen. How long before somebody says, you know, when they miss a field goal, it would be really exciting if we put a net behind there. And it bounces, and if a team wants to run with it, they can pick it up and run with it, just like just yeah. like the uh, arena. What do, what do you so think? now what you're going to have to do on uh, special teams is you're going to have to have a safety on the field goal team, a safety guy. You're going to need right. to have a 4-3 guy as a wing or the holder or something like that, and um, after the ball is kicked, he, he just retreats about 15 yards waiting for something um, crazy to happen. Well, you know, it's, but here's what's interesting, all kidding aside with this whole conversation. It seems like the kicker, because they've gotten so good, the NFL wants to penalize them. In other words, I've heard talk about let's put the goalpost closer. In other words, because the kickers are good, they want to make it more difficult, when in essence I find it very exciting now that guys can try 60-yard field goals. Why don't they take the same tack with the quarterback? Why don't they say, hey, you know what, we have guys completing almost 70% of their passes Damn, why don't we make the ball a little bit fatter like in the old days so it's harder to throw? I could tell you one team right now that won't be with that at all. And, uh, <laughs> and I wasn't even trying to go there. But you, no, you, I'm going to tell you one thing. team right now that's already voted no. Well, here, let me give you, let me give you one. This is in your wheelhouse. You're a defensive back. Why don't we let the defensive backs play like they did in the 70s with those rules? Because the quarterbacks complete passes far too easily. How come we hey, don't Hey, you do know that? that's where I was going to go. I didn't want to. I was hoping you'd jump in there with it. But, yeah, sure. Why not allow contact till the ball's in the air? How about that? But uh, that ain't I mean, it just seems to it, me that the kickers are taking the brunt of this. And it's like, wait, you're going to penalize these guys because they've gotten so good at kicking that they can make 50-yard field goals? Now you want to make it, well, let's put the goalpost closer. I mean, mm-hmm. that's yep. crazy. Yeah. So, do you want points or you don't want points? Or I don't. I look. I'm. I'm. I'm at a loss, Emil. I really am. So, um, we'll just see what else they mess with as we go along here. Are, are there any more meetings? I hope there are no more meetings because the face of the game could change quite a bit between now. No, and I think they're done with the meetings. The now we're now Thank we're into God. some of the more hardcore stuff. We're getting into our mini camps where you and I'll actually have uh, some real football to discuss. Well, the last thing we need to talk about when we're talking about minicamp is Ray Rice has had his case dismissed. Is he going to be in a minicamp? And if he is, let's try and forecast where that might be. Now, who takes Ray Rice? 
Will anyone take Ray? Well, Rogers I think Jerry's trying to recreate North Dallas 40 down there this year. Well, so, why I mean, did you bring Jerry up, by the way? Really, is, uh, has he shown interest? Well, I mean, their work, listen, uh, to the Cowboys' credit, I think they've taken the approach of the Patriots, and that's a good per- team to copy these days. They've, they really believe that player recruitment is a 365 job, and it really is. And if you look, the Cowboys, the last three, four years, bringing guys all the time. Ben Tate worked out this week, Felix Jones. So I think they're not going to leave a stone unturned. I mean, they're, they're looking to improve that roster, and if Ray Rice has one ounce of football left in him, and they think he can help that team, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he's on that team. Wow. Um, well, if if you listen to the folks at ESPN, you think it's probably not going to be uh, – they don't feel optimistic about his chance of being signed by a team. I disagree. I think someone out there is going to need a running back and uh, realize that uh, the guy did have some production. Now, he, he was falling off before he – he he fell off, so uh, that's going to be a little bit of an issue. But who knows? For a running back, uh, maybe rest is good. Is is rest well, better than the the time? That's ESPN. You getting older? That's, first of know. all, that's ESPN's hopes. Okay, because ESPN is turned into basically, you know, a, a quasi political sports network. I mean, they try to make statements. And again, I don't condone what Ray Rice did. What, what was on that tape was horrible. But mm-hmm. you know. He's not in jail. Apparently, the charges have been dropped for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. He did his time with the NFL. Um, that's that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what to say. Yeah, um, I, I guess you give the man his opportunity. Uh, now it's just up to the teams and who has enough of a need and is willing to um, deal well, with that. Well, they don't want him back maintain. in the league. ESPN, listen, you can best believe the, the you know, the – powers that ESPN, you know, make statements. They don't want him back in the league. In other words, you know, they just don't. I mean, so, and I, again, I'm not saying what he did was right. Of course, only a moron would think that. What I'm saying is mm-hmm. it's a done deal. I mean, he's, you know, he's either in jail, which he's not, mm-hmm. or he's suspended, which he was. So, Right. So, you know, from that standpoint, he is, you know, absolutely eligible to be back in the league. I still maintain, though, that the biggest problem for Ray Rice, and this is an indictment of uh, just how we are um, in society right now when it comes to, to, to athletes and, and sports, is not what you saw on that tape. It's that he uh, averaged 3.1 yards a carry and, and rushed for only 660 yards in his last full season. In the Correct. League. So that's, that's his biggest that's, issue. That's right 100% now. correct. I will say this. That Ravens team uh, that he played on in 2013, if I'm remembering my my season correctly, was not exactly uh, you know blowing people off the ball. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, you know, if you want to if you want to blame the old line there a little bit or just what no, they had I'm just saying I general, think they, I, they were an 8-8 yeah. football team that year, yeah. Um, so there were problems other than than the running game and um, you know Ray Rice, but 660 yards is. After you've had four straight thousand-yard seasons, is you know an indication and uh, a little bit of a, a problem for for teams. To Let me say this: I think he'll get a chance in training camp to make a team. Now, I don't think you're going to see him sign quickly. I, I think what you'll see here is teams. It's May. You just hit the nail on the head when we were making laughing before. You've got eight weeks now of nothing. Okay, so the last thing any team wants is eight weeks of NFL Network and ESPN 
covering how they signed Ray Rice. They'll wait till training camp starts when there's sneak much him in the more, back door. That's right. When there's other activity and there's there's things that they just can't focus on it for you know all day every day when they're talking about football and then somebody's going to sign them you know once 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 training camp starts well you know in the media nowadays timing is everything so i i can't disagree with with your statement on that there you're probably right about that and you know that's just the way uh things go now you got to be very careful when you when you do what you do so there you go what do you think about there the patriots go. before we get off the air today uh not um going after or appealing the fines. And believe me, I said on a previous show, more than Brady. Yeah, I think they've taken so much backlash on their little funky explanation of things, you know, with the whole the deflator because the guy was uh, uh, trying to lose weight, that nonsense that they figure, you know what, best strategy here uh, is to just leave this alone, let it die, and let something else pop up because that's always the best strategy. So do you see it basically as the Patriots admitting that you know, hey, we're guilty. I don't know necessarily that it's that. You know, if you fight it, uh, then, you know, all kind of stuff could come out. If you don't fight it and people say that you're guilty, you know what? For the Patriots, just let this thing go, all right? Brady's going to sit. Um, um, forget well, about he's still appealing now. That, that, that hasn't changed. He's going to sit, but we don't know how long. He's, he's going to sit some games, no doubt. Just deal with it and... And, and, you know, I guess let's get the rest of your team motivated. Because if he really did nothing wrong, uh, that should really fire up this football team for this upcoming season. And, hell, they might go 3-1, 4-0 with Brady uh, sitting sitting around in his mansion. Right. They very well might. <laughs> so, no, you're so right. There you go. Yeah, so, you know, let it be that way if you really feel that. But the best way to thumb your nose at the National Football League and the powers that be is to go 4-0 and with Brady sitting on the on the bench. That's the best way to go about it, if you ask me. Forget about all that other stuff. So, I agree. That's that, my friend. So here we are, man. We're to the end of a, another great week, another great Gridiron Stud show. Uh, listen, how about get lucky, all right? Let's get lucky this weekend. We're going to close out the show today with get lucky by our our friend Pharrell, all right? We're we're out to get lucky this weekend, and that's what we're going to do. We'd like to thank you guys for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show, not only today, but uh, for all of the days that you listen, and we thanks for making it a featured show on blogtalkradio.com. For future shows uh, or shows in the archive, visit gridironstudshow.com. We have all the archives there so you can hear us being silly, not only today, but all of the days before this. And again, thank you for listening. For Emil Calamino, I'm Chad Wilson. Thanks for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show. Enjoy your weekend. Today. Visit now, set your profile up, and let yourself be seen.